And do you tie that individual consumer back to the store and say, hey, we sent you guys 5,000 door swings this month? We have that ability if the retailer is willing to share data with us. And we have Mm -hmm. probably about 20% of our transactions now. We do share. That goes back into our algorithm. We use machine learning and AI to enhance that algorithm, right? So it gets smarter as we feed more data into it. So yeah, and then we can provide data back to the retailer that said, we do a match back of those email addresses. You can go back to them and say X percent of the sales that you made last month came from people that visited our website. Hello and welcome to Make It, Move It, Sell It. On this podcast, I talk with company leaders about how they're modernizing the business of making, moving, and selling products, and of course, having fun along the way. I'm your host, Adam Honig, the CEO of Spiro.ai. We make amazing AI software for companies in the supply chain, but we're not talking about that today. Instead, today, we're talking with Bob McCarthy, the Managing Director of Retail for Resident, the makers of Nectar and DreamCloud mattresses, and actually a lot of other products as well. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Yes, pleasure. Maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about Resident, because people are a little bit more familiar with the brands than the company, perhaps. So Resident started in uh, 2017 with one brand, Nectar, which has become our flagship brand. Quickly grew in the digitally native space, or a digitally native brand. We sold 100% online in the first couple years of existence. We grew to 40 million in year one. Year two broke 200 million. I joined the company in 2018 as managing director of retail. They felt a, a need to create an omnichannel experience and really create an opportunity for our consumer that wanted to try our product before they actually made the choice to buy it and position it across brick and mortar retail stores throughout the country. So we started in 2018. Shipped our first product the end of 2018, so 2019 was our first full year. And since then, we've grown to about 4,000 store locations uh, across the U.S. On the wholesale side of the business, you know, we're eclipsing over almost $200 million in, in sales annually on the wholesale side of the business. So. Wow, it's like you're a AI startup or something like that, just kind of going crazy with growth. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, uh, I joined residents you know, with kind of a startup mentality, even though they were a couple years old. What I was building was really a startup within a startup. And having come from a previous company, West Creek Financial, which is now called Qualify, that was also a startup that I joined as their fifth employee, spent a couple of years there helping them scale. I kind of had that in my in my blood. It's a heck of a lot of fun building companies from scratch. Yeah. No, I certainly know about that. I mean, it can be challenging, but it's super rewarding as well. So the company started by selling mattresses online to people and and had great success with that. And then they said, hey, we've got this other idea. We want to sell them through retail as well. Talk to me a little bit more about the strategy behind that. So when you look at at a mattress purchase, I mean, we literally can talk to at any given time, about 10% of the U.S. population is what we'll call in market for a mattress. Our marketing teams have built really an amazing algorithm that can connect with consumers that are in market. So when you look at some other companies out there that do more brand awareness advertising, mm-hmm. that is a much less efficient spend of the marketing dollar. 
we spend our marketing dollars extremely efficiently, bringing lots of people to our website, literally tens of thousands a day in some cases. Some of those actually buy on the site, but then there's a lot that kind of sit in the funnel, which we continue to interact with them. The data showed that the number one reason that they weren't purchasing was they would like to try the mattress. 55% of consumers said, I would like to try it before I actually make the decision to buy. So I love what you're telling me. Everything looks good online, but even though you have a 365-night comfort trial and a forever warranty, I still feel that I'd like to meet my mattress before I actually take it home. It's kind of amazing anybody buys it without trying it first, honestly. When you look at the digitally native channel, so you know, I've been in the mattress business now since the 90s, and I was with Simmons, and then I went to Tempur-Pedic in its very early days. Spent a lot of years at Tempur-Pedic. But when I was recruited to go to West Creek in 2016, there really weren't a lot of digitally native brands. They were just starting to get into brick and mortar, right? Or even just starting to sell, you know, a mattress in a box online that can be delivered by UPS or FedEx. So that two years that I was away at West Creek, that sector of the business really started to explode. And I agree with you. I was shocked at how many consumers were actually saying, I'll give it a try without going into the store and buying it. Because if I don't like it, I can just send it back. That part of the business exploded. But when when you took those companies that are really good at marketing and then put it into a retail store too, so the consum- it's a true omni-channel experience for the consumer, and they can have their choice. If you just feel like sitting on the couch and ordering it on your phone and it shows up a few days later on your doorstep, great. Or if you want to put it in the consideration set and go into a mattress, furniture, or appliance store, try it out, make sure you like it, and then have them deliver it, that works as well. So it's it's really helped us increase our conversion significantly. That's amazing. Do you ever get feedback from the retailers that they feel like you're competing against them then because you're selling it direct as well as selling it through the stores? Initially, yes. I think there was a lot of, there was a lot of apprehension that we were going to be a showroom. They, yeah. they were going to showroom for us and they would just wind up buying it online. I think we've proven, and I think the, one of the reasons we're the leader in the space is we are truly channel agnostic. We don't care whether you buy it directly from us online or if you buy it in a retail store. I'll spare you from the unit economics of the direct-to-consumer channel versus the retail channel, but there's a really big number on the direct-to-consumer side called customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. That When you plug that customer's acquisition costs into the unit economics math, it makes the profits about the same, right? So when you go from cost of goods to retail and plug customer acquisition cost into the mix versus going from cost of goods to wholesale, it's about the same at the end of the day. It's good for the retailer. We're creating more door swings. We're providing them with unit economics that... While they're not as good as the legacy brands, there's a huge value to that door swing that we provide. So they're very happy. And then we're happy because we're increasing our conversion without spending more marketing dollars. Right, right, right. I want to talk about these unit economics for a second, just to make sure I'm getting it properly. But like people often think, oh, we're going to sell online. We're going to put up a website. It's going to be super easy and profitable. But they don't realize just how much effort it takes to actually attract people and keep them on the side and have them go through this online buying process. It's actually really expensive. To do the right SEO and SEM is extremely expensive. I know it's literally... 
hundreds of millions of dollars that we're spending every year on that line item. So yeah, when you break it down into per into a per unit basis, two to three hundred dollars per transaction that we're adding on for customer acquisition, which right. is why it's super important to be efficient on the marketing side. Is when you're spending that kind of money and you're advertising to people that are not in market, it can be very wasteful. Definitely, definitely. Now, let's talk about these door swings for a minute. Just tell everybody on listening to the podcast what that means, first of all. So when a consumer is interacting with us online, our, our algorithm can determine whether that is a online or offline buyer based on thousands of data points that, that we analyze you know, within split seconds of them being on our site. And we can tailor that message to the consumer if we see that they are more of an offline buyer, buying in department stores and brick-and-mortar stores. And that we're going to tailor a message to them that's probably more directed towards our store locator and finding them a place where they can go and shop and be comfortable versus somebody that is an online buyer. We're going to tailor that message so they'll buy directly from us online. The door swing means when that consumer gets up off of their couch, walks into a retail store, and is now a prospective customer for that retailer, that's really valuable. When you look at what what does a retailer spend to make a door swing, you know, it's anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars per consumer walking through that door is what they're spending in marketing. Hmm. So if we can supplement that off of our marketing dollar, that is extremely profitable for the retailer, especially a furniture or appliance store that sells more than just mattresses, right? Because sure. that consumer's potentially creating a lifetime consumer for them. They could buy a sofa, they could buy a dining room set, they could buy a refrigerator based on the door swing that we sent them because they were originally looking for a mattress. Got it. And do you tie that individual consumer back to the store and say, hey, we sent you guys 5,000 door swings this month? We have that ability if the retailer is willing to share data with us. And we have Mm -hmm. probably about 20% of our transactions now we do share that goes back into our algorithm. We use machine learning and AI to enhance that algorithm, right? So it gets smarter as we feed more data into it. So yeah, and then we can provide data back to the retailer that said, we do a match back of those email addresses and can go back to them and say, X percent of the sales that you made last month came from people that visited our website. Yeah, I bet that's got to be really powerful when you're meeting with these retailers and showing them what's happening. It, it is extremely powerful, but I will tell you that anecdotally from the retail salespeople that generally work on 100% commission will tell you that without fail, they will say we send them a ton of traffic, right? That's the best barometer that I have. I mean, data, you can't argue with the data, but that person selling our products on a day in and day out basis that's really our customer on the wholesale side, right? If we keep them happy, keep sending them traffic, they're going to keep pushing our brand. And as I travel the country, that's what I hear time and time again. The sales business of Mattress is very interesting that way. I mean, I did some work with Sleepies a number of years ago. And just in my own personal experience, it's a little bit of a tough business selling mattresses. If you make it a year or two in the industry, you don't leave. You can provide a very good living for your family in the mattress industry. There is a fair amount of turnover like any other retail, but the people that kind of get it in their blood and are passionate about it really live it every day. And and they really provide a great experience for the consumer. The ones that are just there to sell a widget generally don't last. And some of those people kind of give the industry a 
I don't want to say a bad name, but like as you said, it, sometimes it cannot be a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about that, when you you know when you look to bring new retailers on, is that part of your criteria for what you're looking for, or how does that work? We ask for fair representation. So if somebody comes in and asks for our brand, that they get a great presentation on the brand, and we we have an extensive and I think a best in class training team to really get them all the information they need to be able to sell the product. But beyond that. You know, we want to make sure we're going into stores that are, are reputable, have good reviews, are leaders in their marketplace. You know, we tend to try not to do business with the dirty window store or the ones that maybe have a questionable reputation. You know, we've we've said no to a number of retailers who wanted to floor our product that say it's really just not a fit. You yeah. know, no disrespect, but it's just not a fit. That's got to be a hard conversation to have with them. But ultimately, you do you are building a brand. I suspect that's a big part of the differentiation that you guys have in the market. It is. I mean, I, I think our founders have built an amazing brand in a very, very short period of time. If you're in the market for a mattress, you've heard of Nectar, you've heard of DreamCloud without fail. We do a great job. And a lot of times, if you haven't bought a mattress in a number of years, you haven't heard of us because we're we're not spending dollars against you. But... If you've done any kind of Google search for a mattress or been on Facebook and typed the word mattress in, you've probably heard quite a bit from us. Yeah. And so besides the brand, how do you differentiate the product? Because it seems like there are so many options today for mattresses. We've been what I'll call a fast follower. So we provide more for less. It served us well um, over the last few years, especially now where the demand for mattresses is down. In 2020 and 2021, everybody was really focused on their home because of COVID. A lot of people bought new mattresses. Our business really exploded during that time. And we've been fortunate to be able to maintain the COVID level of business where a lot of retailers have kind of gone back to 2019 at this point. We've been very fortunate in that space. But I think where we are fortunate because we've been able to offer a great product at a very, very fair price. You know, when, when somebody buys the mattress from the retailer, do they pick it up in the store or does it still get shipped to them through the mail? It can be really one of three ways. They can pick it up in store. We're in an instant gratification world. So sometimes people don't want to wait five or six days for UPS or FedEx to show up. The retailer generally keeps stock in their warehouse so they can make the delivery, which it's it's a slightly enhanced delivery versus UPS or FedEx just showing up and leaving it on your doorstep. So they're actually bringing it in and setting it up in those cases. Or, you know, the boxes of ours will fit in the back of a Prius, right? So you just put it in the car and take it home. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's really a win for everybody, too, because the consumer is getting instant gratification. It's very easy to set up. You know, might be a two-person job, but still relatively easy. The retailer's saving on having to send a truck with two people on it to go and, and set up and take away. So it really becomes a win for everyone across the board. Yeah. You mentioned training a little bit earlier. So this is a big part of the strategy to keep the retailers engaged. What else do you do to try to really engage with those salespeople that are selling the product, essentially? Retail engagement is one of the most important things we do. So we try to, A, make our trainings fun. It's not one of our reps saying two inches of this type of foam and three inches of this type of foam and this really nice cover. It's really less about that and more about how the product can give a better night's sleep, mm -hmm. but also making it fun. You know, we'll, we have to do more virtually now. So we use programs like Slido, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with Slido, but 
it's an interactive app that ties into a PowerPoint or Google Slides presentation that allows us to do quizzes or polls or just get feedback from them in real time and shows on the screen. And it's a lot of fun. We can gamify the training a little bit and keeps the RSA more retail sales associate more engaged. Huh. Maybe we should do that for one of our webinars. That sounds very interesting. It yeah. is a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And do you have prizes and stuff like that too? Is that part of we the do. Um, you know, we'll sometimes we'll raffle off a mattress. Sometimes we'll do gift cards, things like that. But again, things to keep it fun or our training team will sometimes come up with fun themes and dress up appropriately for whatever that theme is. We've had people dress up as mother nature. We've had people dress up as a nectar bee. So just trying to kind of keep it at a fun level. So when we come calling for the next meeting, people want to be part of that. Yeah. 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 N- nobody wants to hear product specs, right? I mean, that's the thing you got to right. really drive to engage people on something that they're interested in. And we want to, we want to provide more than just the specs. And we also don't want to be the pizza and donut delivery people. Feeding them is important. Don't get me wrong. I like to eat too, but that shouldn't be the the reason that people want to come to our meetings. Yep, I understand. When I talk with people in manufacturing, I I love to talk with them about special orders that have been requested by customers. And so we were talking with uh, one of our friends who's in the crane manufacturing business, and they wound up building a special crane to drop the New Year's Eve ball in the Times Square. And I'm wondering, in the mattress business, do you guys get special orders? Do people come and say, hey, I need this kind of interesting mattress? So in my career, yes. Currently a resident, we don't do that. I mean, we're really about, we do an awful lot with a relatively small team and our supply partners, you know, we're ordering literally thousands of mattresses a day. Yeah. So to get into creating heart-shaped ones or round ones, or when I was with other companies, we've had that option and it is interesting what people will ask for. Can you share with us any kind of really unusual thing that people well, ask I've, for? I, I'm not joking about heart-shaped ones. There has been requests for heart-shaped beds. In a previous life, we've made beds for some NBA superstars that there's extra long and then there's extra, extra long, right? If you're seven feet, four inches tall, NBA Hall of Famer, then you might want a little bit longer bed. Generally, there are some for some interesting people who want the unique shaped beds, but generally it's uh, it's for somebody of size that needs something a little bit different. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I actually stayed at a hotel in Dallas recently, and I came to find out that their top floor of their hotel is where all the NBA players stay when they come to town. It's right near the American Airlines Arena because they have extra, extra large beds there. Yeah, yeah. When we think about retail, selling through retail, if you were advising a company who's thinking about doing that, what kind of advice would you give them? I think, you know, look at the market, number one, and make sure that there's a demand for your product. I believe in retail that it needs to be demonstrable, right? If it's not demonstrable, then there's no reason not to buy it on somebody's website. But yep, yep. if you're selling a premium product that you need to point out the features, benefits, and attributes of the product, then moving to brick and mortar retail is going to increase your average order value significantly. It's kind of when I see the interplay between the direct-to-consumer side of our business and my side of the business, I'm always pushing for higher tickets yep. right? because you know what drives what drives engagement on the retail side. It's traffic, which we've talked about. It's ticket and conversion. So 
well, if you swing my door and I sell and I and they, they buy a, a very expensive mattress and I can do it relatively quickly, then then RSA is all in. They're on your brand as much as they can be. You know, on the direct to consumer side, it's about value. What's the offer? Is there any giveaways with it? You know, what can we do to kind of create that urgency to the consumer to get a mattress in front of them today? Right. 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 So when you look at kind of the average tickets between the two channels, if you apply, you know, retail dollars to to the units that I move versus what's moved on direct to consumer, I tend to move a much higher amount of the premium products because they're pointing out the differences and it's online. You can read the differences, but when you can touch and feel and lay down and roll around on the difference, that's what makes the sale. Right. Plus, you have an educated associate with you who can help point out those things and drive a higher margin for everybody, I imagine. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Bob, this has been great. It's been really interesting learning more about the mattress market. I totally didn't know that 10% of people were in the market for a mattress in any given day. That's super cool. 10% annually, right? 10% annually, yeah. You know, ideally, as mattress professionals, we would love everybody buy a mattress, new mattress every eight years, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's been kind of the tagline for some of the larger retailers, replace every eight. You know, it's really probably more like 12 or 15 years is what most people do. But if you use an average of 10, then, you know, that's about 10% of the population. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I also really love this concept of the door swings, about how you think about not just selling your product, but adding value to the retailers, you know, and helping them sell everything else that they've got in the market. I think that's great advice for anybody who's thinking about their channel distribution strategy is it's not just about you. It's about the ecosystem. Right. Right. You've got to be able to create value beyond just what's in that box that you're selling. Right. If you're giving that consumer a great experience on your brand, then they're likely to come back to that store and buy something else. Right, right. I think for, you know, anybody who has a product that they're selling through distribution, if you can help your partner sell more, their whole set of SKUs, they're going to be that much more loyal to you and keep working with you and expanding the partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the mattress business, there's literally hundreds of brands for the retailer to choose from. You know, I'm flattered when anybody makes a commitment to put our products on their retail floor. We average about four slots per store location, right? Most stores have anywhere from 50 to 70 beds on the floor. So you know, we have somewhere between three and 5% of the retail space available is dedicated to our brand. So at that point now, it's really up to, it's really up to us to create that engagement and get that sell through. The easier part of the job is having that owner or buyer give us the commitment to put us on the floor and give us a chance. The real work begins when we start dealing with the literally thousands or tens of thousands of retail sales associates that we have to deal with on a daily basis to continue to be engaged in our brand and having great products like Spiro.ai to manage that helps us. Right on. Well, appreciate the shout out on that. Well, Bob, this has been a great conversation. Really, really appreciate your joining the uh, podcast today. So thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. As a reminder to our listeners, you can find every episode of the Make It, Move It, Sell It podcast at spiro.ai backslash podcast. 
And, you know, be sure to subscribe. You know, I don't know, Bob, you think people should give us a good review or a thumbs up or something like that? I'd love to. I'd love to get some thumbs up for this podcast. Yeah, let's let's do it. Go ahead. Hit that thumbs up button right now. I don't even know if there is one anymore on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening on. But really appreciate your tuning in. Looking forward to speaking with you on the next episode.